This episode is supported by Jace Medical. You may or may not know that in December, drug shortages across the U.S. hit a record high. This is causing severe disruptions in medical treatments, resulting in delays, treatment cancellations, and the unfortunate rationing of vital medications. I know that I have heard in the last few months from multiple mom friends of mine, instances where they have not been able to get medications for themselves or for their children in critical crisis moments. This is so, so scary. I know I've had friends with their kids having seasonal flu cold symptoms, struggling to breathe, and they're at urgent care and unable to get the antibiotics that they need because of these shortages. This is scary stuff. Most notably, one of the short supply antibiotics is amoxicillin, which is commonly used for so many of our children's illnesses. So here's where Jace Medical comes in. They have the Jace case, which is a personalized emergency medication kit that contains five essential antibiotics that are used for the most common common and deadly bacterial infections. And you can also customize your case and add additional life-saving medications based on your or your children's family's unique needs, like an EpiPen, for example, something that you would never want to be without, would never want to have to run from pharmacy to pharmacy in pursuit of. So if you want to go get these medications and have your antibiotics on supply so that you always have them when you need them in case of an emergency, in case of a disaster, in case of being a, you know, a victim of this drug shortage, Jace Medical will have you covered. All you need to do is go to jacemedical.com and enter the code SHAMELESS at checkout for a discount on your order. That's promo code SHAMELESS at jacemedical, J-A-S-E medical.com, jacemedical.com, code SHAMELESS. Welcome to the Selfish Mom Academy. I'm your host, Sarah Dean, and I'm here to give you and other passionate, dedicated moms the tools you need to fill the gap between your comfort zone and living the life of your dreams. Okay, let's get a little bit selfish. On today's episode, we're talking with Lori Kennedy. Lori is a Toronto-based nutritionist, health and wellness business expert, online strategist, and mother of two who works with health practitioners, healers, coaches, and fitness professionals who want to start up and grow their purpose-driven businesses. She's a published author and acclaimed speaker with a real-world approach to entrepreneurism. Her personal philosophy of inspired hustle... I love that, is built into her online courses and nationwide live events. Lori's Wellness Business Academy and the Wellness Business Summit is growing a community of passionate and ambitious health leaders who are working together to achieve the company's 1 million mission. Lori prioritizes her time and energy on building her business, mentoring practitioners, working with charitable partners, playing with her kids, and building her dream life all on her own terms. So obviously, Lori does not mess around. I was so excited to do this interview. I met Lori a few years ago at a mastermind group that we were in together. So when we met, Lori was, I think her son was just a few months old. So it was probably one of her first trips, if not her very first trip after having her second child. And I was pregnant. So Lori definitely gave me some pointers on parenting, which I loved because I was so into talking to anyone who could tell me like, what is it going to be like to be a business owner and a mom? And so Lori was so great with that. And in the last few years, it's been so fun to see how we've grown in different directions as business owners, but all with this interesting thread of like, how the heck do you be a mom and a business owner? And how do you master it all? And how do you do it without guilt and without shame? And today, Lori really dives into all that. So I'm so excited to have you listen in. Lori is very real with how this all works. She's going to tell you what she does, how she makes it all seem beautiful, even though sometimes it's not so beautiful. So we're going to talk about the challenges of working when you have two kids, the challenges of working with your husband. Her husband is her business partner. 
And we're going to talk about some kind of downright dirty moments when she had a breakdown in a hotel room shower on Mother's Day. And we're going to talk about the magic of 5am. So we have so many great things to talk about today. Lori is going to really leave you with some valuable, valuable tools. So make sure you listen in, take some notes, and just kick back and enjoy this time to absorb some amazing information. Okay, Lori, let's get started. All right. So we're going to dive right in. Lori Kennedy, I'm so excited to have you. I wish that we were sitting together drinking wine like the last time I saw you. (laughs) Yes, definitely. I agree. (laughs) How are you doing? And how is life with your empire and your family? Life is good. Life is always good, no matter what. My family is good. We're in the middle of winter. And actually today is, as of this recording, we're about three days out from my live event and there's a massive snowstorm and I didn't have snow tires and I have to travel, you know, all over the city doing things. And so, you know, it was just one of those things today where I was like, I don't have time for this, but I need snow tires. (laughs) Such is life. And that's just the way it goes. Yeah. And so like you said, such as life, perfect example of that is right before we were about to do our interview here, Lori messaged me and she's like, I'm ready early. And I was like, Oh, me too. And we were all excited. And I, you probably feeling like me, we were like, Oh, we're feeling so productive and like, we're really on top of this. And then just as I was about to call in for the interview, I get a follow up message from Lori that says she has to go pick up her daughter from school because she's sick. So such a perfect example of like, you're at this very critical professional moment when you have this huge event coming up in three days, it's snowing. Mm -hmm. You have an interview with me and I think it was like 15 minutes and you get the sick call from school. So how do you juggle all of those pieces? You know what? I laugh. I've been laughing a (laughs) lot lately because that's all I can do. That's all I can do. There's so many moving parts. When you are a working parent and you have children, there are a hundred things in the day, especially if you're sort of type A and you're the mom, there's a lot of stuff that you have to hold in your brain. Birthday parties and presents and cards and homework and signing papers and snow tires and, you know, (laughs) lunches and, you know, toothpaste, like we need a toothpaste. And, you know, there's just a hundred things. And so I've learned to just laugh and really not take any of it too seriously because I really can only control very little of it. Hence the phone call, you know, going to get her early, which wasn't a part of my plan. Because after, you know, we get off, I then have to go and interact with her because she's now home versus being at daycare, Right. where I thought I would have 90 minutes after we got off this to finish up my day, which is now not going to happen. You know, such is life. Like I've learned to just go with it and trust and know that it really all just works out in the end. Yes. I love that you said all the things that you have to hold in your head, because sometimes I feel like such a superstar for holding so many things in my head. And I feel like it's my superpower that men in my life, specifically my husband, but any male, I feel like just couldn't do that. Like it is a superpower to hold the amount of lists in our head that we have to keep in our head of all the different pieces and all the different balls to create all the realms of our life. Yeah, I totally agree. I have to remember that most people who aren't moms, who don't necessarily have that element in their life, 
don't have to hold that many things in their head. Right. Right. Like just there's a lot of things to hold. And like, you know, the other sort of gender, I sometimes feel frustrated because I'm like, well, if I can do this and think about all of these things and juggle all these balls, like, why can't you? And the reality is, is that most of that gender just can't. You know, some can and some are awesome at it. Great. That's amazing. But the reality is, is that like, especially in my house, like it just doesn't happen. Right. Well, and I also think it's kind of like a learned skill set. So like over the course of raising children, you just learn to build more lists (laughs) in your head. Right. And I know like it started with, for me, like it started with nursing and like having to keep a baby alive. So, and like the pumping and like clean all the pieces and put them over here in the dry, like all these little things that just kind of builds upon itself over the last three years since I became a mom. Remind me, you have two children and what are their ages? So my daughter, Alexis, is going to be eight in August. So she's now seven. Okay. And my son, Daniel, is going to be five next month. Yeah. Okay. So they're yeah. so I think, three years apart? Yeah, they're about two and a half. So okay. she's August and he's March. So okay. they're like, yeah, two and a half, two, okay. two and a bit. Yeah. Okay. So you have to tell me, should I have a second child? Because I cannot figure this out. This is like the biggest question of my life. It's way bigger than deciding if we should have kids. Honestly, this is going to sound horrible. <laughs> no, tell me. I have to know. Have a second child so that they play together and leave you alone. (laughs) Oh, see, I thought you were going to say don't have a second child because it's so much more work. Okay. Because honestly, okay, so until the second kid is about three, it's going to be awful. Okay. Because then you have like a four-year-old who's by four, they're pretty self-sufficient. They're good. They're good. Like you still might have to wipe a bum here and there, but like they're pretty good, right? Yeah. But then like you have a newborn. (laughs) And then so for the newborn to catch up, it's going to take that three years. But then when they're like three and six or seven, then it's good. And they can play. And then the six-year-old can like take care of the three-year-old. I know honestly. that's what I'm hoping. See, at this you'll point, get your, you'll get your life back. Right. Like, you'll get your life back. <laughs> and I kind of keep thinking like, because we didn't do, I mean, I have a number of friends who have kids that are two years apart and I just look at them in awe and wonder because I just could not have done that. But I do think now I'm like, oh, we're kind of at this point. Like if we just keep waiting a little bit longer, then we actually have a third caretaker in our house because he'll be old enough to actually do stuff. Like he might be able to change a diaper. Right, right. Right. I wouldn't wait too long just because the age difference will be too far. But like, you know, my kids now, and it's only been honestly in the last maybe six or eight months that they will on the weekends go upstairs and play together. And it's like, what? This is what life used to be like, right? you know, where you could like actually do your own thing for an hour in the afternoon on like a Sunday or like watch a show or sleep or whatever. So yeah, that's, you know, have one because kids are awesome and blah, blah, but have one because your first kid will have a playmate and then they'll both leave you alone. Okay. So if we do this and it doesn't work out well, then I'm going to totally blame it on you. That's fine. (laughs) I'm going to be like, Hey, Lori, want a baby? I decided I don't want it. Right, right, right. I'm going to send it up to Toronto to your house. (laughs) (laughs) So so tell me, I want to know, and I'm sure that so many come to mind when I ask you this question, but I want to know your messiest mommy moment. So, and especially probably when you had those two sweet children who were smaller, was there a time when you just felt like all the walls were caving in, everything was falling apart, and you kind of had to step back and look at what needs to change and how are you going to go about that? It's funny because when I read that, I was like, every single day, like, can I just say every single day? Because that's, there's at least a moment every day where I feel like I'm a mess. And maybe it's a fleeting moment, but there's at least a moment. But the messiest moment that I've had 
was actually on Mother's Day about two years ago, where Brian said to me, you know, what do you want for Mother's Day? And I said, I want to be left alone. I want to go into a hotel room. And I don't want to talk to anyone or see anyone or deal with anyone for a full 24 hours. Like not just like a night in the morning, like I want to leave at 8am and come home like at 8pm the next day. Like I need time. Yeah. And then I was in the hotel room and I had just like showered and, you know, like taken this long, hot shower as you do when you're alone in a hotel room with no children. And I found myself bawling my eyes out, like just (gasps) hysterical. I felt like I was having an eat, pray, love moment where I was like crying hysterically in this hotel room on the floor because I was alone on Mother's Day. And like, I wanted to be alone on Mother's Day. Like, I didn't want my children around me. I didn't want anyone around me. I didn't want to celebrate with my own mother. Like, I needed to be alone. And I needed that time. And I thought, okay, this is not right. This is not okay. This is not right. I should not be having these breakdown moments on Mother's Day. I should want to at least be with my own mother, if not my children. Hey there, I'm Debbie Reber, the founder of Tilt Parenting and the author of the book Differently Wired. The mission of Tilt is to change the way neurodivergence, whether that's having a learning disability, having ADHD, being gifted, autistic, or some combination of all of the above, is perceived and experienced so differently wired kids and the parents like us raising them can truly thrive. On the Tilt Parenting Podcast, I get to talk with authors, therapists, educators, and parenting experts who are committed to this mission. I ask the questions my listeners are most curious about when it comes to supporting our kids. And in turn, my guests share strategies for challenges, out-of-the-box ideas for navigating school, best practices for therapies, tips for advocating, and so many thoughtful insights on what it really takes to help our kids grow up feeling seen and respected so they can create awesome lives for themselves. I know that raising a differently wired kid can feel overwhelming and isolating, but I promise you, you are not alone and it can feel so much better. If you're on this parenting journey, come listen to Tilt Parenting. Together, we can shift this paradigm and show up for our exceptional kids with hope, possibility, and joy. I'm Margaret. And I'm Amy. And together we host the podcast, What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood. Margaret, I would say you're sort of a where are my keys kind of mom. Correct. Sometimes a where are my kids kind of mom. (laughs) Well, you're Amy more of a we were supposed to leave 35 seconds ago, mom. I mean, touche. In each episode of What Fresh Hell, we come at a topic from our usually completely opposite perspectives. I bring the research. And I bring kind of the gimlet eye. Like, is that research really going to work, people? And almost 10 million downloads later, we're still laughing. We also talk to experts in the parenting field, plus parents with stories we can all learn from. We make each other laugh, we challenge each other's assumptions, and we have what we think is the best parenting community on the internet. Check out What Fresh Hell? Laughing in the Face of Motherhood wherever you listen to podcasts. And I thought, okay, I need to take better care of myself so that I don't feel like I want to be alone, where I can carve out time for alone time so that it doesn't get to a breaking point. And I just remember sitting on the floor of that hotel room, like in a towel, being like, okay, I have to start taking better care of myself. And I have to start carving out more alone time. Because this feeling right now that I'm having is not good. Like this is not a good feeling. Those emotions, those are such overwhelming emotions. I so get what you mean. I always laugh when Mother's Day rolls around because 
I think like Mother's Day is such a time of like forced family time. <laughs> and right. I think like all moms are like, I'd like to just not have family time on Mother's Day. Right. Um, like you said, like I'd like to be alone. But there is this reality of being alone as a mom that can be really challenging. It's funny whenever I travel for work, you might feel this way too. We both travel for different conferences and stuff. And like, I crave just getting on a plane by myself and putting on headphones and like being on my laptop or listening to a podcast or something and just being totally in my own space for an extended period of time. But then like 12 hours into it, I feel like I'm like missing a leg or an arm or both. Like it just feels weird. And like, it's not as great as I thought it was going to be. And it's so weird. Like you think you want to be alone, but then you're alone and you're like, oh, I kind of missed the kid a little bit. <laughs> yeah. Flying is my absolute most favorite thing to do. Me too. It is like, I love getting to the airport early and just sitting there with my coffee and like doing my work <laughs> and getting on the plane. I mean, now planes have Wi-Fi, so it kind of ruined it because then like you had no choice right, to be now disconnected, to... but now, now I like have a choice, but right. flying in airports are my absolute favorites. And I've actually learned, you know, through my travels, like sometimes I would stay an extra day and that would not be good for me emotionally. Like I would feel guilty and I would just be like, I need to come home. Like yeah. I want to come home. And so now I've learned that like when I travel and go to conferences or do whatever I'm doing for work, like I will try and get come home that night if not right and early the next day, yeah. because, you know, I do travel a lot. I really do. I'm probably gone once or twice a quarter, which is a lot. Yeah. And, you know, my kids are used to it. They very much are used to it. I just don't like that feeling. Right. So when I travel, I don't feel guilty. And they're also like, we were talking before we started recording, I was saying like, yeah, I put my kid in daycare and I don't feel guilty. Like there's all these things that you're supposed to feel guilty about as a mom that I don't feel guilty about. And so maybe I'm a psychopath, but so when you travel, if you keep your time, you know, as concise as possible and everything, do you feel guilty about that? Or how do you manage like, or do you feel comfortable with like, this is the arrangement that I have with my family and this is what we do. And that's okay. I don't feel guilty about traveling at all. Okay. I just know myself. And so that extra day, like I just want to come home and it's not because I necessarily feel guilty. It's that, traveling like that as much as I do, especially because I'm like super energy sensitive, it's just very draining for me. Yeah. And so that extra day, I don't actually enjoy it because I just want to come home. Right. I um, actually built in an extra day to a trip recently and it was nice, but it felt like that 24 hours of extra time alone felt like a week. And I told my husband, I was like, yeah. Yeah, I got a lot done, but like, I felt like I was here for like five more days. Like it was such right. a weird, and I thought it was giving myself this little gift and it kind of after the fact didn't feel. So yeah, I was like, I don't need to build in an extra day like that anymore. Right, right. Like, and there's very many times where I often work one day on the weekend. I don't feel guilty about that. Okay. Like ever. Okay. I never feel guilty about that. And I often work not a full day, but like I work my best in the morning. So I'll leave at 8am and be done by two. Okay. And I don't feel guilty about that because I, for example, right now, it's my daughter's home and I'm going to go hang out with her for the rest of the night. Right. Right. And we do a lot of things. And when I'm with my kids, I am with my kids. Like yes. I'm not, you know what I mean? Not like distracted. There are times obviously, but I'm not the kind of person that like, you know, my phone is wherever or I'm with them. We do a lot of things together in the evenings. You know, when I'm with them, I'm with them. Nice. And we travel a lot. I travel a lot with my kids and we do a lot of that stuff together. So when I am working or when I take a night for myself and I go to a restaurant with my girlfriends or 
a Saturday night and I hang out with my friends, like I don't feel bad about that. That's awesome. Um, And I've actually never really felt bad about that either (laughs) because maybe I'm a psychopath too. And my kids have been in daycare since they were six months old, but I've resigned a long time ago that I am just not cut out for full on full-time care. It's just not me. And I would be a horrible mother to them. Like by Sunday night, I am not a good mom. Like, <laughs> like where just, is school? What time can we drop like, them off tomorrow? Honestly, long weekends and like spring break and December break. I'm not cut out for that. I just really am not. I love it. Uh, and I think it's so important to be able to identify that and then be okay with it. Like some people love to stay home. I thought that I would be one of those people. I am not that person. But if you are, that's amazing. That's fantastic. Like do that, you know, but if you're not, that's totally yeah, fine. Yeah. So Okay. I have this other burning question for you. I know your husband is part of your business as well. And he actually left his job to work in your company. So how does that work? Because you create space with your kids and you have pretty substantial boundaries there. What about the husband boundaries? Yeah, that's interesting. It's been an interesting challenge to say the least, you know, working with him and stuff like that. We do very different things in the business, okay. like very different things. Like he runs the back end, which I have no idea how to do. <laughs> and I don't even have like a login. And I do the front end stuff in terms of all the content creation, the strategy, the marketing. I'm the face of the company. It's very different what we do. And interestingly, we work opposite hours. Like I'm such a morning person. Like I get up at 5 a.m. every day and like he works at night. And so okay. we try and stay out of each other's way. I mean, he also has an office. Like we're not both home together. Okay. Um, we learned a long time ago that he needs to have a physical working space where I'm totally fine working at the kitchen table. Okay. And it has not been easy in terms of not bringing work home with you. Yeah, I would you imagine. Know, that's, it's hard. It's really, really hard. And I don't know if it'll remain this way forever because it's getting harder, to be honest. Is it's it? getting harder and harder and harder. And I think that him working with me served a purpose because I would have had to pay someone else. So why not keep the money and build our empire, as you said? But I think there comes a point where he needs to have his own thing and I need to have my own thing. And I see that point happening sooner than later because it's just becoming too much of a challenge. Whereas before, as we were in the building stages, we were both super into it. And it's just you get to a point like in any of your careers where it's either time to move on or time to upgrade or time to bring on new people. We're just at that place, I think. Well, I think you bring up a really good point of like acknowledging your individual passions. And, you know, you said like the things that he's good at, you don't even want to know about in terms of like the tech side of things or whatever. And so you know what your passions are in this business. And that's very significant to you. And, you know, there's an evolution to passion and there's an evolution to just career life and everything. So yeah, I think that listening to that and honoring that is a positive thing. And like looking at things being a stepping stone and something that serves a certain purpose at a certain time is so valuable because, you know, things don't always have to serve the same purpose that they always have historically served, which is how you got him into the business to begin with. And, you know, it was like a new stepping stone. And so another stepping stone might be totally appropriate. Yeah. And I think that says a lot too about like just motherhood in general, like it's such an ebb and flow. And I think when you tack on the fact that I'm an entrepreneur and I run my own business, like nothing is going to be static forever. And I know that things change on a dime. And so one of the ways that I've been able to manage the kids and the business and all of it is because I know that it's not ever static. And just to sort of when it doesn't feel right anymore, there's time for it, there needs to be a change, whether that's spending less time with my family or more time with my family or friends or outsourcing more in my business or being more involved, like I'm just constantly checking in with like, 
how does this feel? How does this feel for me right now? Like, where are there holes that I need to close? You know, where are there gaps that I need to close? Is this good? Or, you know, do I feel good? Or is this starting to feel a bit yucky? Yeah. And I think that, you know, as long as I continue to check in with myself and say, like, am I honoring my best self right now by continuing this down this path in all areas of my life? Like, I think that's then if I trust that, it'll sort of never leave me astray, lead me astray. That totally makes sense. So I know that you have probably a mom answer to this. And then you probably also have an answer from the scope of your business. So you work with a lot of health practitioners of all sorts. So I want to know what specific steps you have taken to lead a more selfish life and some of those things you've already addressed, but also are there things that you encourage the practitioners that you work with? And this could be, you know, things that you encourage nutritionist, or it could be anyone who just is trying to do their own gig in order to lead a more selfish life so that you can kind of build your life on your terms, which is like my favorite hashtag that you use. Um, <laughs> so, so what is your advice to be leading a more selfish life in those capacities? Well, first, I think that you have to sort of flip the meaning of selfish on its head yes, and, totally. really, and really get into the mindset of like, it's the word self with like ish, you know, like, I think that for me, I learned a long time ago, especially just because of what I do, that it is energetically taxing and then tack the kids on top of it and tack everything else on top of it. That if I don't honor certain things in my life, one of them being my morning routine, I am just an evil person. I just am (laughs) no fun to be around. So one of the things that I've done to be more selfish is I get up at 5 a.m. I get up at 5 a.m. most days of the week, for sure five, if not seven, Sometimes I'll sleep in on the weekends, but likely not because that is like my meditative time. I need to be creative in that time. I need to start my day that it's just for me with my coffee and writing usually is what I do. And if that time is disrupted, it really throws me off and I can't seem to recover well from that. Like when my kids wake up at like, you know, this morning it was like 524 and I was like, no, you've got to be like zero, like here's an iPad, go away. You know, (laughs) literally like here's an iPad. You cannot come downstairs until it says six, three, zero, like go in your room. Don't talk to me. Here's like a protein bar. Go away. (laughs) Literally because I can't recover. Like I need those 90 minutes in the morning to myself. So that's one thing that I've done. That's super selfish. And then the other thing that I do that is selfish is this goes back to the hotel episode is I will likely go to a hotel by myself sometimes. And sometimes it's once a quarter, maybe it's once every six months for a full like day and night and just go and zone out and just do my work and not be on somebody else's routine or time schedule obviously the kids. And I will do that. And that for me is so restorative just to like book myself into a hotel and just go and have room service and watch TV and order a movie and do work and just be in that atmosphere of like, it's just me, myself and I. If you like this show, there's a decent chance you'll also enjoy the Shameless Mom Academy. Hi, I'm Sarah Dean, the founder and host of the Shameless Mom Academy. The Shameless Mom Academy is a podcast for moms that centers moms more than it centers your kids. I'm not going to teach you how to make baby food or how to make your three-year-old or 13-year-old stop having tantrums. Instead, I'm going to bring you back to yourself. For the last 20 years, I've been helping moms through growth and transformation. Inside the Shameless Mom Academy, I help you identify who you are and who you are becoming. Look, motherhood is hard. It brought me to my knees many times and sometimes still does. 
Returning to who I am and who I am becoming allows me to decide how to show up in all those sticky motherhood moments, but also in all my other relationships and in all the ways I show up in my various communities. So come check out the Shameless Mom Academy wherever you listen to podcasts. I'm willing to bet you'll leave feeling a little inspired and maybe even completely fired up. And you'll probably laugh a few times because I promise we never take ourselves too seriously over here. With 700 episodes to choose from, you're likely going to find something that sparks and speaks to you inside the Shameless Mom Academy. Lynn, this time of year, parenting can be such a fluster clucks. You've come to the right place. I'm Lynn Lyons, and I've been treating anxious families for over 30 years. I'm Lynn's sister-in-law and co-host Robin Hudson. Join us for Fluster Clucks, a podcast for parents who worry. Wait, that's everybody. Yeah, these last few years have felt like one long anxiety attack for so many. Why do you think parents are always surprised that a podcast about anxiety relates to them, even if no one in their house has an anxiety disorder? Well, worry is human. Everyone does it. And anxiety shows up when we face uncertainty. All the parenting tips you've taught me have been essential. I love to break it down into skills we need to manage worry in our families. We've covered so many topics depression, burnout, meltdowns, perfectionism. Don't forget scary mothers-in-law. Right, but of course that's not my mother-in-law. Because that's my mother. And a listener. As a psychotherapist, I like to teach parents and kids how to respond to everyday moments in healthy ways. Managing anxiety really can be taught. It really can. And I'll even tell you what to say. We talk about serious stuff, but without being too serious. Anxiety wants everything serious. Anxiety doesn't stand a chance when we're laughing, even about the tough stuff. That's one of the things I feel is so restrictive about motherhood. And there's a few things, but I feel like being confined to certain work hours has been such a challenge for me because I used to just work until like, if I wanted to work till eight, I would work till eight. If I wanted to work till 10, I would work till 10. And now it's like, no, like the child has to be picked up at a certain time. And from that moment on, we are on Vinny time and we are on Vinny's schedule. And by the time he's in bed, I'm like spent. I cannot go back to work once he's in bed. So I so understand your thing about like being in a hotel because you don't have school pickup. You don't have a set dinner time. You don't have to pair anything for anyone. You can have like room service at whatever time it shows up at your door. It's I so understand that. (laughs) Yeah. And I get a lot done in that 24 hour period. Like it's insane. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's so great. And do you advise all the practitioners that you work with? Do you advise them to like to set up a morning routine? Is that kind of one of your crucial pieces of success and indications of like moving forward with work? There's two things that I always tell people. And the majority of people that I serve are women with children or dependents like parents, you know, that sort of sandwich generation. There's two things. One, yes, a morning routine is so crucial to success, regardless of whether you work in the home or outside of the home. If you are a mom who works inside of the home and you are waking up to your children to go time, I can't imagine how that day would go for you. Like where you don't at least take 10 or 15 minutes for yourself before the day starts. I know how I am when I don't have that. So I can imagine how other people are. So yes, setting up a morning routine where you wake up before the world begins to have time for yourself, to set yourself up for the day ahead, Mm -hmm. to do something, to like nurture who you are as a person, whether that's working out or meditating or writing or watching TV, even like it doesn't even matter. It's just for you. And then the second thing is hiring help. Like, you know, whether your kids are in daycare or not, but if you are in a busy time, like make sure that you can leave from five to seven and go and do your work. 
especially if if your kids are not in daycare and they're home with you or they're coming home at three o'clock right after school and you are trying to start your business or create something in this world, you need child support. Like it's a must. There is no way that I can foresee anyone doing it without some kind of child support. Yeah. Like even if it's just for two hours once a week, like you need that time for yourself. Because if you are at home with the kids all day, like you need time to be creative. You need freedom time to be creative. And then if you're doing the daycare runs and your soccer, you know, for me, it's gymnastics, hockey, daycare, school, all of this stuff. I still need time at night or on the weekend to not have my kids so that I can get stuff done. Right. And I love that you say, even if it's just two hours a week, because it doesn't mean that you need to hire like this huge, all encompassing level of childcare, but if you want to follow your passions and continue to evolve as a woman and as a mom, I think that you can do that on any level. So it can be small. It can be just a few hours a week. And that might be a few hours a week so that you can go to a book club or you can go to a knitting group or you can go to a workout or whatever. I mean, it can be so many different things, but letting, making sure that you have, like you said, that place to be creative and that place to have your own outlet, because that is what will keep you moving forward versus feeling stuck and trapped in a life that is maybe not what you envisioned, regardless of whether or not you're working or staying at home. Yeah. So, okay. I want to know about the legacy that you're building. So tell me a little bit about the legacy that you are building for yourself and how does being selfish play into that? So the legacy, it's mine is all about being selfish, actually. (laughs) Yes. And empowerment. The legacy that I am building is to show women that A, you can be financially independent and B, that you don't have to settle for this status quo life just because everyone else is. And I'm demonstrating that through being financially independent myself. And number two, creating this business basically from scratch while my children were very young. I mean, I took my business online literally three months after my son was born. Like I ran my first webinar. I had a section. I had massive complications from my bed. Like, I was like a hot, sweaty mess. And, you know, like three months postpartum running your first ever webinar. Like, you know what I mean? Like just the address, whatever. I don't want to even draw the picture for you, but let's just say I was like a leaky, hot, sweaty mess. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah. But I have this thing where I have a no plan B mindset. And I just, if I demonstrate to women nothing else, it's that you don't have to do things that you don't want to do just because. You just don't have to. There is a way out. It might not be comfortable. It's certainly not going to be easy. But regardless of whether it's in a relationship or your body or your health or your financial status or your creativity or whatever it is, you don't have to continue down that path if you don't want to. So, And that's all about being selfish because too many people I know are like, oh my God, it's Monday. I hate Monday. And I'm like, then change it. Right. Then just change it yep. and you can and don't complain anymore. Either suck it up and don't complain anymore or do something about it. Yes. And that might sound, you know, very matter of fact. And that might sound like, oh my God, well, you don't have my life and you don't have this. You don't have that. I mean, I had two children and we had no savings. We had no nothing. And I just was like, no, I'm going to do this now. And we had nothing. We had a mortgage. Like, and we just, I've been there. One I can, foot in front of the other. You one make foot up in your front mind of the other. and you do it. 
Yeah. And you do it because you just are done playing small. You're done living status quo. You're done hating your life, basically. And everything, you know, that you do feels awful and you want to change it and you absolutely have the power to do it. Awesome. I love that. Oh, that's so good. Okay. Are you ready for the selfish mommy minute? Yeah. A lightning round. Totally. Okay. So here we go. We have to start with, this is like the most important question that I ever ask anyone. So oh, let's start so with cool. wine because that's where it all begins and it all ends. So red or white wine? White. You're the one who told me the secret of putting, you do the white wine and then you put some sparkling the water in it. Oh, yes. Yeah. I know. (laughs) So this is what I like. So first of all, I do it myself now. And I also tell all my clients about it. (laughs) Because you can still have the wine and it still, you know, gives you a nice little buzz, but like it's the Perrier and it's diluted a little bit. It's so great. I love it. Okay. Current book that you're reading or the last one that you read? The current book that I'm reading is by Benet Brown and it's called Rising Strong, I think. Oh, are you like, is that her newest one? Yeah. Okay. Is it good? Yeah. She's so good. Everything yeah. she does is gold. Yeah. Okay. What's your favorite non-related work thing to do with time to yourself? Walk and watch the Kardashians. <gasps> Stop. I haven't admitted this yet on this podcast. I watch the Kardashians you, you, too. There's nothing to be ashamed about, about watching the Kardashians. <laughs> okay. Let you have just... to tell me who's your favorite Kardashian. Kim, obviously. Oh, and see, mine's I, Chloe. I, oh no. She is a genius. And I think people underestimate her. And I just think that if you're an entrepreneur, I have like a whole like model about Kim Kardashian. Like I call it the Kim Kardashian effect. Like this is, it's like a whole marketing. It's like a whole marketing model that I built around Kim Kardashian. I can't (laughs) wait to tell my husband this because he gives me so much grief. I seriously, like I record them and then I watch them in secret because I can't even listen to him making fun of me for watching them. You don't need to be shamed about that. Okay, good, good, good. Okay. So what's the one morning ritual you can't live without? 5am coffee. Awesome. Who is your biggest inspiration? My mother. Oh, what is one time management or productivity tip or trick that helps you manage family, mommyhood, work, chaos? 5am. Like, honestly, it all comes back to 5am. It really does. It gives me an extra 90 minutes in my day. Yeah, I totally hear that. It's funny because I think that telling people to get up earlier can be see it's almost like telling people to exercise like it can be perceived as a punishment, but it actually right. is such a gift because it changes everything about your whole day, which you It's literally changed my life. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. I think that's so powerful. Okay, final question. If you could give all moms one superpower, what would it be and why? It would be to not feel ashamed. Okay, my superpower would be to take away the shame and guilt associated with being selfish and wanting to do other things in your life than just be a mom. That would be my superpower. And why? Because eventually your kids are going to grow up and I know my kids are going to grow up and they're already needing me less and less and less. And I don't want to be a shell of a person because I only have identified with being like a mom or even just a nutritionist or this or that. Like I'm just Lori. I'm just me just doing my thing And to be honest, once I recognized that what I felt was in fact not guilt, it was actually shame. Once I was able to identify that I felt ashamed because I should want to spend more time with them and I should want to do these things, I was like, oh, I'm like, I can flip that on its head. Like I can be the kind of mom that I want to be, that I feel I should be without these sort of labels. So my superpower would be to take away the shame because there is no right way to be a mom. 
Oh, perfect. That was so well said. Thank you. So Lori, it's so fun to chat. I wish we could talk more now that I know you watch the Kardashians. I mean, we could talk for so long. Can you tell people where can we find you? Because I know there's a couple places you live online and your empire is getting so big and so amazing. So please share all that with us. So I think for the easiest place would be just to go into Facebook and just type in Lori Kennedy and you can friend me or you can type in Lori Kennedy, R-H-N and like my business page. And then for like more businessy entrepreneurial type stuff, you can go to lauriekennedyrhn.com. But the best place to find me would be probably on Facebook because that's where I sort of on my personal pages where I do my I'm just Lori type deal with the mommy stuff. And then on my business page, I do more like tips and hacks and tricks and stuff to prioritize. I hate the word balance, but to prioritize everything that you've got going on in your life. Yeah. You have really great conversations on your professional page every day. I really love that. And then you have the wellness business summit and that is twice a year. Is that right? Yeah, we have the Wellness Business Summit that is actually happening in three days. And then we have the Wellness Business Academy, which you can go to thewellnessbusinessacademy.com. And that is my year-round training, mentorship, and mastermind program for health practitioners who want to start and grow their online businesses. Awesome. Okay. So I want all of our mommy entrepreneur folks to head that direction, especially those people who are in wellness. So Lori, thank you so much for your time, especially three days before your huge event of the year. And especially the day that your child had to get picked up from school (laughs) 10 minutes before we started this. I so appreciate it. And I appreciate everything that you're doing and especially everything that you're doing to take the stigma off of selfish mothering. So thank you so much. And we have to connect again soon with wine. Okay. (laughs) Okay. I will talk to you soon. Thanks, Lori. And for listeners, thank you so much for listening today. I hope you love this podcast episode with Lori Kennedy and make sure to leave us a review in iTunes. If you love listening in, because that is what helps us move forward and get bigger and better and improve everything that we can do to offer you time for yourself and lots of tips to becoming a little more selfish every day. So we're going to sign off, but before we go, make sure that you get around to doing one selfish thing for yourself today and have a fantastic day. Real truth alert. Pregnancy, birth, and having a baby isn't all sunshine and rainbows. I wish it were. But the reality is that many people struggle and suffer through this time without the right help or even knowing what they're dealing with. I'm perinatal psychologist Dr. Katayun Kayani, also known as Dr. Kat. My podcast, Mom and Mind, aims to shine a light on the difficult reality that so many hopeful and new parents experience and raise the volume on how we can better support mental health which is a big part of our overall health. Episodes include personal stories from people who have healed through things like pregnancy and postpartum anxiety, depression, PTSD, and so much more. I also talk with specialists and experts who explain and educate on these conditions. All of this to support parents to know that they are not alone, that healing is possible, and there are resources that can help you today. Listen into Mom and Mind and walk with me through the world of perinatal mental health.